today. I just want to say <clears throat> I'm so thankful to see all of you guys come out to the well today to experience uh, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Uh, we want to show you his glory. We want to show you his power. This morning I have a, a message from you from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you want to go ahead and start turning there, 1 Corinthians 15. What we're going to be talking about is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for us. Before we do, let's pray and then we'll be seated. Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for what you've already done here this morning. I thank you so much for using these guys in the band, these girls. Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to bless their ministry and continue to um, em empower them and to, to give them the tools that they need to lead us to the throne, uh, your throne, God. And I pray, thanking you, because I have been ministered to this morning already. I feel your presence, God. I know that you are here. I know that you have, uh, that you have put your check on what is going on here, God, that you are using people, that you are breaking chains, that you are bringing a reconciliation and redemption. You are setting people free. I've seen it with my own eyes, and I know that it's not going to stop here, but it's going to continue to go. We hold on to that. We claim that. We proclaim that from here and from our city, that we are going to be part of this thing, that we are in agreement with you, that we are the army that will rise up, that we will go forward, and that your name will be proclaimed to everyone that we know because you are doing a mighty work and you are mighty to save. Please, God, bless this sermon, bless the preaching, bless the reading of the word as we give this time to you. Send the spirit that he would soften our hearts and empower us. Set us free in your salvation. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm so thankful that you guys are here today to... Let me share with you what God has laid on my heart for you today. <clears throat> we saw the passion, and last week we saw the, the punishment that Jesus Christ took on our behalf. We saw the wrath that God poured out onto Jesus Christ, and he didn't just punish Jesus to be punishing Jesus, but it was our particular sins that he took onto himself so that we might have our sins forgiven. You understand that we are in debt to God by our sin and that Jesus Christ came specifically to pay our debt. He who knew no sin became your sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. And so this morning, the clip from the Passion reminds us of last week. And so from there, we will transition from him becoming our sin to us becoming the righteousness of God. How does that sound to you? Because I know that you're looking at yourself, you're thinking of yourself, and you're thinking, me righteous? You know, we continually beat ourselves up. And it's cool that we can, we can acknowledge the sufferings of Jesus, and we can see our sin, and we can identify with the cross of Jesus Christ. And he can pay our sin. But I want to tell you today, friends, that's not where it ends. Amen? This is not what you are called to. You are not called to a life of condemnation. You are called to a life of freedom. You are called to a life of freedom. You are called to a life of progress and forward movement that cannot be denied. Amen? How many of you want to hear about that this morning? Come on. How many of you want to hear about the power of Jesus? Let's do it this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting in verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, 
How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. They've, they've been lost. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied of anyone. It's a pity. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. Listen to this. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Heath, could you get me a bottle of water, please? This morning, <clears throat> I've got two points for you. I want to show you about the resurrection of Jesus Christ because what we have been bombarded with so many times is the idea of the cross of Christ. And I love the cross of Christ. I, 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 I resonate with it as the more and more I see Jesus on the cross and the more I think about the sacrifice that he made, the more I feel it in my soul. But the more I see that and the more I look into the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I am set free from bondage and in the life. And I am moved from this place of identifying with the cross to identifying with the glory of God. You see, God is looking to lift you out of death and into life. For we have been taken from the domain of darkness and transferred into the, the kingdom of his glorious Son. You are not to live in that condemnation. You are to move past that. You are to move to a place of freedom. You are to move to a place of boldness and authority. Thank you, brother. Let's get to this lesson on resurrection. Because I think that a lot of us, if we could only get over this hump, if we could only understand the implications of the resurrection, your life would be completely changed. And I mean that for even the Christians in the room. I mean that for even the Christians in the room. Some of you, even though you have believed in Jesus Christ, even though you have given him your life and you have accepted his payment for your sins, you still live as if you're defeated. You still live as if you owe God. 
You still live as if you're in debt. Let's get into this. Verses 1 through 19. We'll walk through these verses first quickly. And I want to show you something about the resurrection. First point is the resurrection is life for you. The resurrection is life for you. Listen to what he says in the, in the text. He says, starting at 13, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Let me ask you a question this morning. Why are you here? You see, it's Easter. And some of you are sitting here today, and this may be one of the only times that you come to church this year. So what I want to do for you today is I want to give you a reason to not only come back to church next week, but to change everything in your life. Not, not so that you would behave better. Not so that you would be a better person, but so that you would come to life. And that you would live. That you would live life and stop watching it pass you by. There are so many people in here who are under subjection. You have chains on you. And sin right now is pressing down on you so hard that you feel as if you cannot breathe. And you often ask the question, how do I get out? How do I get out? How do I get out? How do I experience freedom? How do I become a good man? How do I become a good woman? How do I become a good mom? How do I become a good dad? You said, I, I believed in Jesus. I, 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 I know that he did that for me. I, I tried. I prayed. God, let this come in. Let this come in. Let this come in. But nothing seems to be working. Have you given your life to Christ? Has he been raised to life in your life? It's time for us to stop dying, and it's time for us to start living. Amen? It's time for us to start living. It's time for the church to come alive. It's time for us to, to stop walking around with our heads hung down, but to walk with our chest out. Not because we're that good, but because we belong to the King of Kings. It's time for us to stop living defeated. The first thing under this is, is all this in vain? Is all of this in vain? Is what I'm saying up here, is this in vain? You see, a lot, of the, a lot of you, a lot of people, a lot of us get tied into this thing sometimes. We just, we just hear this thing going out. We just hear these words. Oh, yeah, that was good. I went to Easter service today. That was good. That was fine. Now go home and eat. But I want to tell you something. This is the word of God, and what we are talking about is actually reality that if you will accept this and let it roll into your life, if you will press into Jesus Christ, you will be utterly changed. And I'm telling you that if you will accept the power of the resurrection in your life, that you will be set free. You will be set free, and you will experience power like no other. You will experience boldness like never before. And I'm talking about a peace. I'm talking about a fulfillment that even when the rains come and the wind blows and it pounds on that house, that you can look death in the face and say, Behold, my God is with me. Who can be against me? Jesus Christ is for real. You see, is this all in vain? Is this just a waste of your time? 
Is this just a waste of my voice? Which is struggling this morning. Or is this for real? You see, the Bible tells us if Christ has not been raised and our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain, is all this in vain? Or does it mean something? Does your faith move you? Does it matter? Does it define you? Does it, does it make you change the way that you're doing what you're doing? Does it give you power over sin? Does it, does it show you your sin, convict you of your sin, lead you to repentance, and give you the strength to overcome that sin? God is looking to empower you today. God is looking to empower you. The second is that Christ's resurrection, it is the difference. Fifteen, we were even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified that God, about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You see, the difference between Jesus Christ and every other religion in the world, and I say that without hesitation and without exaggeration, the difference between Jesus Christ, what sets him apart from every other religion in the world, is that he is the only one that has conquered the grave. You see, all other religions serve a God, serve a man who is in some unmarked tomb that dying and rotted away. We live for a king. We serve a king who is not in a grave. They cannot find him because he is not there. He is raised on high, seated at the right hand of the Father. Don't you understand? Your king is not dead. He is alive. And if your king be alive, if he's really your king, then he has given you the keys as well, and you will live. You see, there's nothing for you to be afraid of because your king even had the keys to hell, death, sin, and Satan. He could not be denied. Do you know what that means for you? Do you know what that means for you? If your king, if your brother, if your savior could not be denied, if Satan and hell and death could not hold him down, can they hold you down? They cannot hold you down because they have no ties. They have no ties. Jesus Christ crushed sin, and he crushed death. So when you stand before the throne and when you face death, you can look death in the face and you can say, you have nothing on me. And Jesus Christ will be the one that will be there, and he will say, Get away, this one's mine. You have nothing on him. You have nothing on him. I look around in this place this morning, and I see people who are beat down by sin. I see people who are overwhelmed. They're looking for a way out. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a way to overcome this sin in their life. Let me tell you something right now. Sin could not whoop Jesus, but Jesus whipped sin. If you're looking to overcome sin, you can't try harder. You can't grit your teeth. You can't just change your friends. And you can't just make determinations. Jesus Christ descended 
into hell for you, for your sins, looked death square in the face and said, you can't have him. Amen? You face death and he will eat you alive. But you walk up with Jesus and he cowers and runs. You want to experience freedom? It's in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Christ's resurrection is the difference. No one has ever even claimed, not in any major religion, to have defeated the grave. None. Jesus did, and he proved it. The third and last on this, at the end of that text, at the end of that run right there, in verse uh, 18, listen to what it says. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. We are of all people most to be pitied. Now, that's said in a negative sense. It's saying if Jesus Christ didn't really raise from the dead, you're still in your sins and you're a joke. You're a joke. You live your whole life as if, this, as, as if God had done something for you, but you'll stand before the throne and joke's on you. So everybody on the outside is looking at you saying, poor idiots, how stupid they are. But in the positive way, if Jesus Christ really raised from the dead, then you are not pitied, but you are envied. You are not pitied, but you are envied. Now let me ask you a real question right here. In your life, right now, those of you who claim to know Jesus Christ, those of you who don't, are you pitied? Or are you envied? This will tell whether or not you are living in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Do people pity you or do people envy you? And they won't envy you because you walk around like you're somebody. They will envy you because they're watching you. They're looking at you. When you lose that loved one, when that, when that storm comes, when that trial hits, and when that tough time, when that financial door closes and you lose your job, when everyone is out to get you and friends leave you and friends abandon you and loved ones abandon you and you feel all alone, where do you turn? How do you stand? How do you hold yourself? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Are you pitied or are you envied? You see, a true believer, one who has tapped into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, will be envied even in their storm. Paul's the one that said, for me to die is gain. Didn't he? Paul knew the power of Christ. He knew that there was nothing, nothing that could separate him from the love of God, and he would glory in that. He would glory in that. How do you think, do you remember the story of Stephen? One of my favorite stories, if you don't know it, go back and read it in Acts. The story of Stephen 
was the story of this man who had been called out by God to do God's work. And because he was called out by God to do God's work, he was pulled to the side and stoned to death. Now let me tell you something. In order to stone someone to death, you don't get a piece of gravel and do like this. Pow! Because that guy goes, what are you doing? <laughs> he was, he had, they had to have rocks this big. And they smashed him, smashed him in the face. And his jaw would have been broken and hanging to the side and his eyes would have been bleeding and he would have been broken. But let me tell you what that text says. This is a man who had tapped in to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And even though he was being stoned to death, looked up and it says, he looked up and he saw the Son, the Son of Man, the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father. And as he gazed into heaven, as he saw Christ who had overcome the grave, as he saw the resurrection power, as he knew there was nothing that could hold him down, he said, God, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What do you think the people that were stoning him were thinking? They were either thinking this guy's crazy or this guy's awesome. power there's power oh church i'm so tired of playing church i'm so tired of halfway doing i'm so tired of going through the motions i'm so tired of of talking it but not living it i'm so tired of not experiencing the power of jesus christ and seeing his work and so i'm so thankful i'm so thankful to be a part of you guys because i see god moving and i want to end i want in I want in more. I want to do more. I want to preach harder. I want to pop a blood vessel if I have to. Because I see God moving. And I will not shut up. I will not sit down. I will stand and I will proclaim because I see Jesus moving. And I see the power of the resurrection evident in your life. You tired of doing church? Come on, it's okay. You tired of doing church? You want to start living? I want to start living. You want to see your sin robbed from you? You want to see your struggles crushed underneath the power of God? Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me show you something else out of this text. This good. Say it's good. Second point is, not only does resurrection mean life for you, but it also means that resurrection is death to death. Resurrection is not only life for you, but resurrection is death to death. Let me show you here. It says, but in fact, let's, let's back up, 19. If in, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Verse, not, verse 20. <clears throat> but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. 
It says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. For as by one man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Did you catch one of the two words there at the first? It says, but in fact, but in fact. You see, we are dealing with facts here. If we go back to that first, and I ask you, is all of this in vain? Do you just walk through the motions? Do you just live out your life doing the same old routines? Or does God speak to you? Do you feel the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you? Does he move you? Is this a reality in your life, or are these words that you hear on Sunday? And some of you, some of you will get what I'm saying, and it won't just be intellectual assent, it won't just be a, a head hearing, it won't just be a head knowledge, but it will sit inside of your hearts and you will say, I'm tired, I'm tired of tapping halfway in, I'm tired of just being covered in the blood, I want to be lifted and seated on high, I'm tired of going halfway, I want to live like death is dead, because it is. You see, we're dealing with facts, it's time for us to stop walking around like we don't have hope like we have something that is hanging over our heads don't you understand that death is dead death is dead it has no claim on you anymore the second is as we go on down listen to what he says for as by a man came death by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead for as in Adam all die so also in Christ shall all be made alive you see, Jesus Christ is not just dealing with sin. He is pushing us forward into progress. He is pushing us forward. It's called sanctification. A couple of big words this morning. Justification is when you are justified by God. Sanctification is when you are renewed by God. And you are created, you are made, you are brought back into the fold. You are made new. Your sin starts to, to go away and the Spirit is found in you and you are strong and you are moving to wholeness. You are moving to fulfillment. You see, Jesus is making the sad things come untrue. He is bringing things back to the way that they should be. And you know the wonderful thing? As we listen to the, the story of the woman at the well, and we've said it here many times, God is not only, Jesus Christ is not only looking to redeem you where you are, but he is looking to make you a vessel by which other people are saved, by which other people are raised up to life. This is discipleship. And if you will only join in with the King of Kings, the one who has overwhelmed death and conquered the grave, if you will come in with him, if you will join with him, if you will be changed by him, then he will make you a warrior that cannot be stopped. That's what he's wanting to do here. He is making sad things come untrue. Do you know, do you know that there is a cloud over Landrum, South Carolina? Just like there is over Emmon. Polk County, Campobello. Do you know that since you have started working for the king that there are holes in those clouds? Look around. You see the holes sitting beside you today. There are holes in the clouds. God is using you to disperse the clouds so that the light can shine through. Somebody say amen. 
God is using you. He's raising up an army. He's raising up an army. He's making sad things come untrue. The last part there in verse 28, listen to what it says. When all things are subjected to him, I'm sorry, let's go back, 25. For, the, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Is death. Death is dead. Death is dead. There's one of my favorite uh, preachers. His name is Rabbi Zacharias. And he has this sermon which is actually put to uh, some music. And, and what he says in that sermon, he says, Have you ever wondered what you would do to frighten Lazarus once he had been raised from the dead? What would you do to frighten him? Lazarus, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Lazarus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off your head. What do you do to frighten someone who's been there and knows the one who's going to let him out? You see, if you know, if this is fact in your life, if you've been set free from Jesus, if he's reached into your death, grabbed it by the throat, slung it on the ground and looked at you and said, live, who can hold you down? Who can hold you down? What trial, what sin, what separation, what predicament could possibly overwhelm the power of Jesus Christ in your life? Church, I'm pleading with you. If I need to get down on my knees, I will. Get into the Word of God. Get on your face. Meditate on these truths. Let Jesus come inside and not just deal with your sin, but raise you from death to life. It's time for us to stop dying, and it's time for us to start living. It's time for us to stop dying, and it's time for us to start living. I want to show you the gospel through the Old Testament, and it'll be the last thing I want to share with you today. It's in Ezekiel chapter 37. Before I go there, I want to ask you an honest question. I wonder how many of you came in here today feeling like you are just dying. Not in a physical sense but that you're just waiting on the end. You're wondering, what is, the, what is the purpose? What am I doing? I want to tell you that God has a purpose for you. God did not do what he did so that you could just walk through life and not be used. God did what he did because he's got a purpose for you. If you will enter into the fellowship of God, if you will enter in and be seen with him in the resurrection, you will have glory and you will have power and you will be used by God. It's time to stop dying and it's time to start living. As Nate comes out to play, I want to share this from Ezekiel chapter 37. I want you to see what Jesus Christ did for you. Think about Jesus and his work as we go through this text. The hand of the Lord was upon me 
And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, you only know, oh, Lord. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these dead bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. You shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. You shall live and know that I am the Lord. You see, I want to I wanna show you something because if I just get up here and I tell you, I say, you need to start taking advantage of the power that God has given. If I get up here and I say, Christ died for you now, get to it. If I get up here and I say, Christ rose from the dead, what are you doing? Then... I'm putting a weight, a crushing weight on top of you, and it's adding to the sin that's already in your life. It's a burden that you cannot bear. You did not descend into hell to conquer the grave. <clears throat> that was Christ. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are people under the sound of my voice that are dead. They are oh so very dry bones. And they walked in here this morning and sat down in the seat beside you. Or maybe it's you. And they creaked and they cracked and dust flew. Because they're oh so dry. They're crying out for a drink of water. They're crying out for a thick, wonderful spirit. Jesus Christ looked out into the valley of dry bones. And God the Father said, Son of man, Son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? And he said, my God, you know. And he said, go, son of man, and prophesy to these bones. Say, arise, you bones. And so Jesus Christ came out of heaven. And I can only imagine as he landed on the face of the earth, and the dust flew from the dry bones. as he dusted himself off he looked around and he said spirit 
Awaken these dry bones here today. Jesus says, awaken you dry bones in this place today. Awaken these dry bones. Are you looking for a drink? Are you dry today? Jesus Christ is the one who has come to the valley. And by the word of his mouth, we arise in the glory of God and the life that is found in him and him alone. And some of you have, have come together bone to bone and sinews have come on ligaments and you've got flesh and you feel halfway alive. And you've seemingly stood up, but you have no power. You have no breath. You have no spirit. Your spirit is crushed. I'm telling you that God has sent the Son of Man, to breathe life into you. You see, the picture is that Jesus Christ landed on this dry valley of bones, and he caused you to raise up. But many of us are stuck here, and we can't move because there's no spirit. But as soon as Jesus speaks life into you, and he does that by the preaching of the word, do you hear the life today? God is speaking life to you today. These are not words. This is not vanity. I'm not here for my own accord, but by the word of the God that I serve, his name is Jesus, you can live. And Jesus Christ, God says, prophesy to the spirit, to the breath. Revive these dead bones. Life, come into these dead bones. And the dead bones have this flesh but no life. And Jesus speaks to the breath. He speaks to the spirit. And he sends life. And all of a sudden, <gasps> breathe, old child. This is not games. This is not play church. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about breath. Do you want to live? Do you? Do you want to live? Do you want to live? Let's stop dying. And let's start living. This is not a game. Jesus is not a fairy tale. He descended onto the earth and into the grave. He conquered death, rose again so that you might be saved. Turn today. Please don't play. You've got to give it to him so that you can live today. Everybody rise to your feet. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, live. Turn to your neighbor and say, live. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you not only identify with the crushing cross of Jesus Christ, but that you enter into the glory of his resurrection because I'm tired of dying. I'm ready to live. You tired of dying? You ready to live? Even more today than you did yesterday. Even more tomorrow than you did today because Jesus Christ is forevermore. 
There's not a limit to his glory. There's not a cap on his power. There's not a limit to what he can do. There's no sin too big and there's no mountain too high. With man, this is impossible. But with God, through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. And you know what else I know to be possible? Let me read you, this is important. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Let me give you one more word before you leave here today. I might not see you again till Christmas. You you are the army nothing shall stand against you nothing can conquer you nothing if we stand united in the resurrection power of jesus can overcome you you are the army it's time for us to stop being pushed back and for us to move forward i refuse to be conquered how about you i refuse to back down I refuse to stand down. I will stand firm. I will proclaim. And I will move because Jesus Christ is moving. It's time for us to rise up. If God has spoke to you today and all of a sudden you found yourself going, let it be known, child of God. Don't put that light under a bushel. Don't you hide that. That's the power of God. If God is for us, who could be against us? God, through you, has taken this city by storm. That is a promise. Look around you, friend. As God works and moves in you, respond however you see fit. This resurrection day that we call Easter, would you stand for God? And if you will, for those of you who are family at the well, for those of you who are here, for those of you who are visiting, this altar is open. And today is the chance for you to make a stand, to walk down this aisle, and if nothing else, pray that God would continue to move, that the resurrection power would continue to flow, and that those beside you would wake up, and that they would breathe for the first time because God Almighty has come to set us free. Come as God leads.
do something as the band keeps playing. Let's everyone close their eyes. With no one looking, if God has spoken to you today and you just don't feel comfortable coming down and there's no one looking, if you would just slip your hand up just so we can pray for you. Two. 